Jesse Douglas Smith McGraw, and this is What Moves You with Jesse. I'm a transformative coach on a mission to share an understanding of how our minds work that challenges how we react to life and our thoughts. I love to share stories and common sense ideas that empower you to take charge of yourself in a way that brings immediate and profound change. What I know to be true is that we are all innately healthy and doing our best with the thinking we have available to us on a moment-to-moment basis. And waking up to this will change what moves you. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to What Moves You with Jesse. Today, I thought I'd share a little bit about attachment because it can be the root and often is the root to a lot of our suffering. And uh, the more we wake up to it, the less of a chance it has to make us suffer. (laughs) First and foremost, let me kind of define what attachment is. You know, it gets thrown around a lot in the world of psychology. And of course, it is the route to um, Buddhism as far as looking at where our suffering comes from. So let me define attachment in a really simple way. Let me have you think of something that you really love and adore. Maybe that is your pet your partner, a dear friend of yours? Do you have a favorite routine that you do? Or a favorite sweater? Maybe a favorite hair gel? Or a favorite lipstick? So whatever occurred to you, these are things that you are attached to, right? It's that feeling that you have of the importance that that thing brings you. That is attachment. Now, attachment in and of itself is not good or bad. Frankly, it's just something that our mind does all the time. It attaches to ideas of who we think we are. It attaches to ideas of who we think other people are. Uh, It attaches to ideas of how we think life should go. That is what the mind does. It is constantly attaching to things. Now we could get into the why. (laughs) Why does it do it, Jesse? Well, who knows? My my quick and simple theory would be... (laughs) that uh, our mind just really is uncomfortable in the unknown. And so therefore it loves to find things to attach to. So we feel less out of control, right? And so that's why it's a significant shakeup when those things that we have attached to go away. And that's why we can feel out of control um, or like the bottom has fallen out or that the universe has pulled the rug out from underneath us. So I have uh, 
some stories for you because I want to tell you that, you know what, first and foremost, I must tell you this. (laughs) I also, my mind also attaches to things all the time. So when I share this, it's not about, you know, that when you wake up to it, that therefore, you know, I'll put this in first person, I'll put this in from my perspective. Just because I know this and I see this does not mean that I am this stealth (laughs) non-attacher. You know, oftentimes, really, you know, when I'm talking about how often we live in the world of thought inside of ourselves, you know, attachment is kind of a great way to realize it. But often we don't realize it until after that thing has been taken away and it kind of wakes us up to it. So uh, here's here's an example. I have two. Aren't you so lucky? <laughs> but again, it happens to me day in and day out, guys. It is completely normal and ordinary. It is part of the human condition that our mind attaches to things. We live in the feeling of that. We live in the experience of it. It's invisible to us until that thing goes away. Okay, so here are my examples. These are kind of just some more obvious standout ones. So when I had my huge insight into the fact that all of my feeling was coming from my thinking, right, that it was all an inside job, I then went to a conference of sorts, um, yeah, or a weekend-long workshop um, that was with a mentor of mine who I have had an interview with on the podcast here. Her name is Elsie Spittle. Uh, it's a fantastic interview if you want to go back <clears throat> a little bit and look it up. So Elsie Spittle is um, a beautiful human being, a mentor and a leader and teacher uh, in the understanding that I share with you here in the community of, of that understanding and of teachers and coaches and therapists and leaders and all the good stuff. So anyhow, when I first met Elsie, I told her about my shower experience. And forgive me if you have no idea what I'm talking about. I reference this a lot. Um, and maybe, and I got to, I'll try to find the uh, origin story for you. I've, I've, talked about it a few times in the podcast. But essentially, I was having a massive anxiety attack at the time, got in the shower to help myself. And while I was in the shower, I had the thought, I am so tired of thinking the same 10 thoughts over and over and over again. And what came through in a big insight from a deeper place was everything I was feeling was coming from my thinking, not the world around me, which blew my socks off because I thought all of my suffering, all of my feelings were in response to or coming from my circumstances. I thought it was coming from the people around me, my job, all these different things on the outside. But in that moment, I realized it was all coming from inside of me. Game changer. So when I shared this with the wonderful Elsie Spittle, 
she was so bowled over that she said, Jesse, I don't want you to go to any workshops, any, you know, don't, don't pay for any extra coaching. Don't, don't go to any, you know, therapists who talk about this. She said, I really want you to continue to listen to that deeper intelligence inside of you, your own wisdom. That is what is going to keep your grounding or keep growing your grounding, essentially. And I really heard that. I thought, absolutely, yes. That makes so much sense to me. And also, how freeing and and what a gift to be told to not go work harder or, you know, pay for more, you know, um, knowledge or pay for more learning, you know, the idea that the learning was going to come from inside of me. And all I needed was some patience and some curiosity to unveil that was unbelievable to me. So I really took it to heart. And that is what guided me for the first five years of me being in this understanding and also in my business. Now, about the middle of the pandemic, my wisdom started to tell me, I used to get these little whispers from inside, you're playing too small. Jesse, you're playing too small. And at the time, I had a really booming practice I was very busy with my one-on-one sessions. I have this podcast that I love and adore. Um, But it was interesting. I couldn't deny that I kept getting these little whispers. You're playing too small. Okay, I'd think to myself, you know, that makes sense. And then I'd start to kind of think about what I would do differently to grow and expand my business and I'd get some fear that would come into me and and that would kind of stop me and I would essentially kind of negotiate with that quiet whisper and go, oh, you know, okay, later, <laughs> you know. So cut to the beginning of last year, 2022, and I was really struggling because I was really starting to feel the truth of you're playing too small. I couldn't deny that whisper any longer. And what was interesting is throughout kind of all of that time, I would get these little nudges to reach out to a mentor and colleague of mine, uh, Barb Patterson, who works with people in business, specifically entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. I'd get this little whisper, reach out to Barb, you know, work with Barb. She'll help you kind of with your blind spots around your business. And man, that idea in my mind about Elsie telling me to be only guided by my deeper intelligence, I was so attached to it that I would constantly negotiate with that whisper from inside that was saying, call Barb. I go, nope, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be guided by my own wisdom, da, 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 da. Anyway, you might already be picking up what I'm putting down here. You see, what Elsie told me was incredible advice. 
it absolutely rooted me in my grounding of this understanding. I've been a really good helper for two folks, for other folks, because of my grounding. So I wouldn't take that back at all. However, I was so attached to that idea, I didn't realize (laughs) that the very point that Elsie was telling me, be mentored by your own wisdom, Jesse. It didn't even occur to me that when my wisdom was telling me to reach out to Barb, that that is part of what Elsie was pointing to. But because I was so attached to this idea of no, no, don't call anybody, don't get help from anybody, be, you know, only listen to your own wisdom. I, I missed it. I absolutely missed that I was in this world of thought around what I could and couldn't do or what I should and shouldn't do. And it's no fault to Elsie. Oh my God, it was the best advice in the world. I wouldn't go back on it. And also, by the way, she was right. My wisdom was mentoring me and going, Jess, it's time for a little help on business development. (laughs) Call Barb for the love of God, God. (laughs) you know? So that's how we can kind of get attached to ideas about things. And that in and of itself keeps us blocked from a new and fresh flowing intelligence that's constantly moving through us. Or that intelligence is coming through and we negotiate with it, as I said. You know, I'll do a really quick uh, second story here. Another dear teacher that I adore shared this story recently (laughs) about how she was flying um, a few days after, uh, this is, you know, around 9-11, around all the pipe bombs and things that were happening on, on flights. I don't mean to say it was such lightheartedness. Obviously, it was a very significant time in history. But this teacher in, in, uh, in my community, in, in the understanding community, anyway, she shared that she had to take a flight a few days after all of that happening. So, you know, obviously TSA was really bearing down on, you know, nothing liquid in your carry-ons. So she's going through TSA. She didn't think she had anything liquid in her purse or in her carry-on. And the TSA guy pulls out a tube of lipstick and says, I have to confiscate this. And she said, what? Why? It's not liquid. I, You know, it's lipstick. And he said, sorry, ma'am, lipsticks are on the list. And she absolutely freaked out. Like she was just so upset and really was haggling with the guy of like, please let me keep my lipstick and I, it's not actually liquid and really going back and forth with him to the point where her son had to like pull her away and be like, mom, come on, let it go. It's just lipstick. Now, keep in mind, she was coming from where, why she was flying back home was because she was coming from teaching an entire weekend workshop on this understanding of the mind that I share with you here hilarious. So here she is flipping out about the lipstick. 
when she gets back to the term, her terminal, she's sitting there. She said she was a full curmudgeon, right? With her arms crossed, so pissed off about the damn lipstick. And then once she got on the flight and her mind started to settle, she had such a giggle with herself. She goes, oh my God, I didn't realize how attached I was to my lipstick. And she wouldn't have known, you know, she's like, if anybody asked me like, hey, do you mind if I, you know, take your lipstick and this and that? She's like, I, before when it wasn't this like moment of I was never going to have it again. She's like, I wouldn't have even thought twice about my lipstick. Do I love it? Yes. But (laughs) I never would have thought I would have flipped out so hard about it. But it was because I was so attached to it. Right? So just I'm trying to kind of give you a feel for, give you a couple of stories that illustrate that attachment is not good or bad. Right? It's it just is. And it's an illustration of how we're living in thought a lot of the time. You know, when we find ourselves in big reactions to things, it's because we're attached to an idea of a person or how they behave or how something will go or to the things we love. And just seeing that wakes us up and opens up some space inside to have a laugh at ourselves right? To not take things as seriously. It's not the lipstick. It's not the TSA guy. It's none of those things fault. It's just the fact that inside of herself, she had so much on that dang lipstick. And once her mind settled, she realized she's like, oh my God, the second I land, not only am I going home to a whole drawer of lipsticks, but I can go to the store and buy the same damn lipstick again. Right? And the more we wake up to this stuff, the more lighthearted we can be in life. You know, the, the less grip we can have on things. And I thought that might be helpful to share. <laughs> Sending love in all directions. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to What Moves You with Jesse. Let's stay connected. You can find more ideas and strategies on being human on my Instagram at What Moves You with Jesse. Sign up for my newsletter or learn more about working with me at What Moves You with And please rate and review the show and let us know what you think and what resonated. I read every single review. They mean so much to me. You can also call in on our hotline with your thoughts on what resonated there too. It is always live at 818-646-JESS. That's 818-646-JESS. What Moves You with Jesse is produced by Mike McGraw and Tinker City Music. Now. Let's take a deep breath and give ourselves permission to live in this moment for what truly moves you.